Catchers podcast, we break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, aka the Potty Mouth of the South, and my name is Chris Mitchell, aka the Actual Factual. Man, we got legends. We got legends. It's what we do today. We're speaking to a legend of. Uh, we're speaking to a legend of the UK Isles. Is that is that British Isles? Isn't it? It's the British Isles. Sorry, and that geography and that failed in that. It's Babylon, bro. It's. <laughs> No matter yeah. what you call it, it will always be Babylon. So we've got a legend of Babylon is what you're saying to me. No, I'm, I'm not saying to say it like that. I'm just saying whether you call it the British Isles, Shores, the Shires, whatever you call it, just know that it's built on a modern day Babylon. This place wow. is Babylon, bruv. Wow. 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 But no, we've got Kaiser. Kaiser Smirnoff, Mr. Say So himself on the Breaking Outs podcast. And um, thank you for setting this up. This is... Um, this is something we had to do if we if we're gonna start unlocking um, as we as uh, as you've coined chambers. Um, it's very important that we speak to people who um, who've left a, a, a huge impact on on UK hip hop, um, and it's important for our listeners across the world to understand and to salute our legends as much as we salute the world's legends of hip hop. Right. So Kaiser, this is a really good interview because. You'll hear a lot of history in this one. You'll hear a lot of names, a lot of crews, a lot of places. And um, that's kind of Googling time for a lot of people. You'll get to understand the breadth and depth of UK hip hop from someone who was there, someone who made a huge impact. Who was outside. Uh, And I'm just, sorry? Someone who was outside. Yeah, yeah, someone who was outside. But uh, man, this is this is a good episode, man. He's such a nice guy. He's such a nice guy. Very humble. Yeah, he's listen, man. It's um, it's a it's a lesson. It's a lesson. Every time you're around him, it's like you know we'd be telling him like, look, man, you know you're a legend, didn't it? And he's just like, nah, man, just pass me my food, man. Well, I'm too lot. So no, it's good. Wow. It's good to give people their flowers. I I don't ever. I just think you know we can do more than just say you know appreciation tweet. We know these people. We can speak to these people, and we can let them know how much we love them and appreciate them. Let's do it. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I agree. I agree. And um, like I said, you'll hear a lot of history in this one. Um, This is Kaiser Breaking Atoms podcast. Check it out. It's a special episode of the Breaking Atoms podcast. Today we are joined by rap royalty. Uh, (laughs) Someone that we are are very familiar with here in these British Isles, but someone who... uh, in the true artist way has um, solidified himself with a legacy that we like to call over here is a, as a legend. We're taking it down to say so street. We're taking it to one of the finest that have ever come from the British Isles. We're talking to Kaiser, Kaiser Smirnoff, Mr. Say so himself words from the King. Welcome to the breaking atoms podcast. Salute man. Salute everybody. Salute to yourself. Summit. Salute to you, Chris. You know, thanks for having me up here, man. I respect you guys. And and you're doing wonderful things with the podcast, as you know. I've been a supporter from day. You know what I mean? Chris can Chris can vouch for that. I've been supporting from one day. You know what I mean? So yeah, thanks for having me up here. Thank you. We appreciate thank you, you man. Now we we appreciate you, bro, and 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 uh, thank you for for supporting from day one. And you know, it's it's nice to have people like yourself who who we thoroughly respect tap in and 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 support us too. That that doesn't go unnoticed. So we really really appreciate yeah, you. So. Um, let's just get stuck in. Um, let's take it back to the eighties and the nineties. Uh, West London. I was. I'm West London too, born and raised. Um, what was it like for you growing up in West London? The music scene in the local area. Talk us through your, I guess, your early interactions as as, as a kid. Then going into kind of rapping and then your pen. Do you know what? Um, I, I I came to West London. I was actually born in London. I was born in Northamptonshire, um, in, in a little town called Wellingborough. It's please, please please don't look it up. It's it's, it's <laughs> non it's not it, you know what I mean it's inconsequential. No, I'm joking. Shit, I love Wellingborough and, and Northampton here. So um I grew up there. I had an accent, everything, you know. Like um so my, as far as like my upbringing there, you know, it was you know, your 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 Shire town, 
with with your with your your small insular Afro Caribbean community. Both sides of my my family knew each other. Um, the Henrys and the Hartons, you know, like they were very well known, notorious even. Um, and it was just it was just your usual up, you know, like out of London upbringing, like, and you just whenever you get exposed to certain things, these things stick to your stick to your mind and, and your psyche and your soul like glue. So um, I experienced hip hop and certain aspects of hip hop very young from um, my older brothers and my cousins. You know, uh, watching watching breaking, uh, going to the cinema, watching breaking, actually doing dance moves, popping and locking, and um, believe it or not, there was there was a time when I could actually spin on my head. Um, you know, so <laughs> it's. It, I could never do. I can't do. I could never do that in my life. In time, not even once in my life. So yeah, it, it took it took years of practice. You know what I mean? And and and, and them times that I was skinny, a skinny little kid, so I could afford to do it. You know. Um, but yeah, hip hop, hip hop was with me early, and it st- and it stuck with me, and I was just I was just enamored with it. I, f- I, f- I felt that I related to it instantly. You know what I mean? Um, I came to London uh, when I was about eleven, twelve to Labrador Grove. Um, it was a small kid, big city. You know what I mean? So I was very you know what I mean, like shy, countryfied. I had to I had to speed up fast. I had to get up to the speed. And <laughs> I started running with people who made sure that that happened, <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I wasn't I wasn't settled. I'll be honest, I wasn't settled. So I was constantly searching for something to 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 help ground me as a teenager, as an early teenager. And the two things that did that were comics, um, superhero comics, and hip hop. Um, you know, and I, I was always, I was always writing down my feelings and my thoughts from when I was young. I used to win poetry competitions when I was like in school, just for writing haikus and stuff like that. And, you know, sonnets and stanzas and all these things. And, you know, and, and then I'd heard my older brother start rapping and spitting. I was like, yo. That's sick from all the all the Easy E tapes, KRS One, BDP tapes. You know what I mean? Jungle Brothers, Native Tongues Tribe, and I and I and I emulated that. Um, you know, and and obviously growing up growing up around West London, Labrook Grove. A lot of people, if you know your history, you know Labrook Grove is is the one of the actual hubs for UK hip hop. You know what I mean? You got Subterranea, you got Facts. you got people like Cash Crew. You know what I mean? Like um. Loads of different people, man. Actually, actually came came from West London, so um, you know I was exposed to that early. Um, you know, well known history. I actually went to school with Harry Love, um, my, my my good old mucker Harry Love. Shouts to Harry. Um, he held me up on on Instagram today, actually. But yeah, early my my exposure and my my um immersion in the culture was early. You know, throughout that, throughout the nineties, eighties, and nineties, and I think it was when it definitely when I heard London Posse, Demon Boys, I was like, "Yo, yo, them men sound like me. They they talk like how my uncles talk. Like when my uncles are talking to to my moms and like, what is this? And I wanted more. And as soon as I heard Al's life in London, and you know what I mean, she 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 had the rubbish, but did it, did she? My she trust you with it, you know what I mean? Like like yo, like all I wanna do is live like the other half do. Like oh come, on. I was just yeah yeah yeah, I was gone, I was gone. Loved Bionic, I preferred Bionic to Rodney. To be fair, Bionic's voice was rugged. Like <laughs> you know, so yeah, that that was that was my first kind of like intro fully to be pushed into the culture, you know. So and it, yeah, just just yeah. I just went away with it. So so as someone someone like myself, I know West London really well. I went to college in Labrador Grove, and um, it's got like a rich musical history, like you say, but it's not just hip hop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Various genres. I, I mean, dub vendor. That's like a cultural institution. It's a landmark. Mm. What are some of the other genres of music you you came up listening to outside of hip hop as a result of being in West London? Yeah, well, again, you got you, you got your dub vendor. So obviously, you, you had the Bashment and the Ragga, and um, the Revival. 
you know, all the stuff that parents and gra- grandparents used to listen to. Um, you know, it, it, West London obviously has got the, the other part, which is you're not in Hill, the upper crust. So I had friends that were um, quite affluent and had parents of families um, were wealthy. Um, you know, we were group, we were listening to things like Alanis Morissette um, and, and Nirvana and, you know, um, Tricky and, and those sort of things like early 90s. You, 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 again, what would be what I would call the inception or part of the inception to the whole EDM left field indie scene. You know what I mean? So we were listening to things like that. Um, again, house music. Um, you know, um, I think I think Sticky, the garage producer, was up the road as well. There were some studios at the top of Labrick Grove just before the bridge, just before the Red Bridge, Stainsbury's. Yeah. And I think Sticky um, um, had a studio there. Um, I never went, but um, I know a couple of people who used to go there. So, um, you know, there was there was things like that. Um, jungle. There was there was a p- pirate radio stations in I'm in Latimer Road, Transmission One. So I would tune into Transmission One and listen to uh, Jungle early. You know what I mean? Um, Maestro um, used used to be a jungle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maestro. used to be a jungle MC called BK. So I used to listen to his tapes when he was a jungle chat. It was crazy. So I, I just got I just got a mixture of everything, man. Uh, um, Carnival time. Obviously, you got your steel pan, um, your steel pan competition. You know, Soka, we were going to Soka Raves in Tudor Rose, Zenith, in Park Royal. Oh, yeah, wow. Kakalele, Kokie. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, oh, wow. Man. You're mentioning names. Names. Yeah. Tudor, Tudor Rose is round the corner from where I grew up. In in Southall, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, know, I know the area as well. Because Abishante and Jar Shaka used to do uh, raves yes. at Tudor Rose in the community centre, which was like down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Abba. I always remember the guy who used to go around, Abba. Shanti, I Abba she used to hand out the flyers. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, facts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 man. So again, sponge. We like me and me and me and my compatriots were sponges, and we just absorbed all of it, you know. Because and and I feel that that was the good thing about growing up in West London. Because I I I, I don't think that a lot of other boroughs at that time had that vibe. You know, you could you could go yeah. literally from the top of Labbert Grove. Was Holland Park. You got people like Robbie Williams and and all the MPs and stuff living at Holland Park, and then up down to St Charles, up to the hood. You got Mozart Estate, Warnington Road, where where us lot used to call Criminal Corner, and you know what I mean. Like it was just hood, you know. So it was a very the juxtaposition was crazy, but it coexisted. It coexisted, and it was it was it was natural, not forced, you know. So and we like I said, we just took it all in. You know, yeah, yeah, it's bringing me back to the 90s. Um, no, not the 90s, but 90s. My grandma used to shop down Labbert Grove, but 2000s, I was around St. Charles, yeah, 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 because I went to St. Charles. Your name rang bells in St. Charles, you know, like we, we have a mutual friend. You remember Chris Castro, of course, Castro, man, yeah, he was your one man street team back then. Like, he would come into the college, he'd be like, Yo, my brethren, Kaiser, and I ain't gonna lie in it because I have a hater gene, I didn't know you at the time, so I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, who's this Kaiser? Easy. And then I got familiar later on. I said, oh, okay. All right, move carefully. Talk about your early group with Michael Parkinson, though. I'd love to know more. We spoke to him and he mentioned the name and Marcus explains, but what are some of your memories from, from your collaborations? Yeah, do you know what? This is, this is I know we're on Wi-Fi because I was literally just thinking, I've got to mention NWC, Parky, Ram, Kaisas, uh, you know, Amos. Um it was, I think this was about 98 after I won Westwood, the Tim Westwood open mic competition in, um, in the temple of all places, North London. Like <laughs> if you, if you went there, you know that that was the crowd in it. That was like live at the Apollo. If you, if you weren't making it, it was please pass the mic, please pass the mic. Yeah. That you, yeah. No, no mercy. So I, I won the open mic competition. I was getting props and whatnot, and he did it. He did a showcase at Dingwalls. Now everybody who's everybody was there. Um, your skinny man, um, my, um, Berry Crew in tens and all them man there from from Highbury and that, um, you know, Chester and Farmer when they was all rolling together and that the Hackney lot, um, Twelve Stone, 
Um, you know what I mean? Kab- Kabayashi, Lanson, um, Culture T, you know what I mean? Like every everybody was there. Bronze and black, 57th Dynasty, everybody was there. So I went I went up there and I got and Parky introduced me to to Ram. Um it was Akron Robert Alamini. And he was like, Yeah, okay, cool. We like, see you can speak. Come to the studio in Acton. I don't know if you were if you weren't there, Chris, the Acton Studios. Um, it's the one that um Maro ran. That's the one. That yeah, he mixed my first album. Oh, for real? Yeah, yeah. Come <laughs> on, man. <laughs> yeah, Maro, good old Maro, man. From for again for one day. So, um, yeah, and then they they built this they built this track. I think it was either with like a James Bond like an old soundtrack sample, and they played it, and it was called Call Blimey, and there was about seven of us on there. And they were like, yeah, you, yeah, you got to come on there and just say about like, just, just diss these whack MCs. And I was just like, uh, all right, <laughs> okay, I'll try it. And I wrote my bar. I heard, I heard Ram's verse. I heard Parky's verse and Ram's verse and, and Amos's verse. And I didn't want to rap again. I didn't want to rap. I just I was like, nah, 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 I'm not ready. I'm not ready. So I, I, I wrote the bar and I went to the booth and I spat it all timid and meek. MCs get me mad because they start talking rubbish. And they're like, no, 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 no. You got to hype it up. And I was like, okay, cool. MCs get me mad when they start chatting rubbish. And then they brought, they just brought the fire out of me on, on the track called Blind Me. And they, goes, they was like, yeah, okay, cut. you got potential. Let's do some more. And then P just brought me in with more tracks, more tracks. Um... And then <laughs> they, one of the, the I think the, the leveling up track for me with NWC was a track called Hung, Drawn and Quartered. And uh, it was myself, Parky and Ram. And <laughs> I did a Capadonna basically. I had like a what, 100 seven, bars. Yeah, I did, <laughs> I did about a 70 bar verse. <laughs> Did you put your phone number in there like Winter Wars? <laughs> no, not even. I said some <laughs> I said some madness like I'll pull maneuvers on your troopers with a shooters and leave your crew stuck in some beds up in a booper. And then like, I was like What? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, mad, and, mad, mad. Um and this is what leads me into the, the next phase now, because them lot were just like guys, like what what was that? What did you do? Like Parky, even to this day, Parky tells me, do you know what? I'm drawing a quarter, man. Like, it's, that's you. And I was like, do you know what? You're, you're my sensei, man. Us, you brought me into the game. And, I, you know, Michael Parky, shouts to Michael Parky. You know, he's one of the one of the senseis that brought me and guided me and, you know, held me up into the game. So, yeah, I, I owe him a lot. Yeah, respect to Michael Parkinson every time. One of my big brothers in the game. Mm. No, no, did out, man. Definitely. Definitely. So you became very integral going from NWC. You became very integral in an integral part of Terra Firma shaping UK hip hop. It was a very, it was a, it was a massive moment for, for a lot of us who were listening from, from the outside. But how did that whole experience shape you as a person? Well, it's just, just hearing you say that something that I contributed to shaped UK hip hop, man. I don't feel like I'm just, just hearing it back and just taking in the magnet magnitude of I'm guessing what my contribution has, has done. You know, I'm so, I'm so humbled by it, but at the same time, I, you know, I'm like, wow, this is, this is crazy. Um, it's shaped me to be, to, to be, um, a, a master, a master of any craft. I put my mind and my, um, my integrity and my hard work into um, you know, there's the, the the words the word skills always stood out for me because skills was more than just perfecting penmanship. It was it was perfect, uh, you know, perfecting breath control, mic control. Um, uh, you know, to a, a later stage business as well, how to conduct yourself in a business manner with people. You know, so uh, terra terra firma taught taught me a lot of things on how to you know, manoeuvre in, in the UK hip-hop world. You know, it taught me how to to build bridges and relationships with people and just how to just 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 master being the best that you can be as an artist, you know? So 
and me like when well, we did Terra Firma what 2000 and 2001 two, 21 yeah early 2000s yeah like mad early and I I was just a kid just wanting to have fun and just rhyme and just and just destroy any track and any person who's on the track with me in a nice way but you know um it taught me you know again competitiveness with your with your comrades steel sharp and steel you know we always had that thing terrifier came and came up with the phrase i'm my brother's keeper because we always had you know the 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 interest and the instinct to to raise each other up and to sharpen it sharpen each other's skills no matter what our endeavors were and what we were going to as a crew because you can't have two men spitting wicked and one man spitting a bit that weren't going to make it so it was like yeah that but you, when you come in you have to be fire you have to be gold you know what I mean the settings have to be correct so it just taught me how to just function as a unit with a crew and just you know just navigate not only the streets but just just day to day as life really we, we were a family we were a family you know, to be to be quite fair, uh, in in my perspective, and you know, going back to <clears throat> about you know shaping UK hip hop, that's that's always what our plan was. We wanted we wanted to because there was there was the there was a divide, and let's be honest, there still is in UK hip hop, you know. But we had both sides of that divide. We brought everyone together because not only were we spitting about the street stuff and the road stuff, what was going on at the time, but we were spitting knowledge. To go with it as well, so it's kind of like your your, your canes, your your G raps, your your, your Wu Tang. You know what I mean? So we were, we were killing them um, with stuff you could talk about in the barber, and stuff that you can talk about at Stonehenge when you're writing a, writing a dissertation or, or an essay for uni. So we got all the, the both sides of people who were taking in the art, the artistry of lyricism and rapping, and and we loved it, man. We loved giving back and performing to people. Yeah, just just mad flashbacks. I've got so many, so many, so many flashbacks. No, I can I can imagine like for, for, for us listening, it was the passion, and it was just something new and vibrant for us. And you know, I was in my mid-teens at that point. I was you know fourteen, yeah, yeah, fifteen yeah. when you you know when you guys were when you guys were coming out. Um, what? No, younger, probably wow. at thirteen. Yeah, you was young, 13, 14, right? So even younger. So to. Yeah, you were young, man. You have to mind how you talk to me, and I'm your OG, bro. You. Yeah, you have to mind how you talk to you, me still. Yo, you are making me feel. I would say Kaiser's an OG. You are just, you're like me, Chris. We're failed homo sapiens. We're, we're in this together. No, you know no, what I'm speak for yourself, bro. Speak for yourself, man. No, but but it was it was a passion. You're right. I think I think the G-Rap comparisons are very, it's a very mm-hmm. apt one. Because G rap could speak about what was happening in the streets, but also at the same time talk about mm, working mm, a job mm, and do it in the same in, in the in the same breath. So I think G the G rap comparisons is is important. But yeah, you guys were it set the bedrock for what was to come or what should have come. That that was the foundation. Terraform was mm. the foundation. It's it was like it was a catapulting moment where you could go even people have gone behind you and mm. got higher, but it was it it raised yeah, the bar. Yeah. Thank is you. What I'm saying, it raised the bar yeah. of what what and what, the bar remains. And, and sometimes when when you have crews like that, and it's reminiscent from from all all parts of the world, where West Coast, East Coast, Midwest, South, UK, you have to have a group of MCs or an MC um, who set the mm-hmm. standard, and people can mm-hmm. come either behind it to to continue it on or. We get the crabs in the bucket, or you know whatever happens after that. But it can go either way. But that's that's a it's a it's a wonderful contribution to have in UK. Oh, thank, thank you, man. Personally, I think I think yeah, I, I most definitely am proud. And following on on from that, I think what we also had from from a lot of our peers as well was the respect level. The respect level was was astronomical because of the way the way how we were with people and the way how we carried ourselves as well. It wasn't a braggadocio thing of you know like or a standoffish thing. It was just like we we're here, we're artists, we take our craft very seriously. We've come from a place where a lot of you people ain't been and don't want to go, but we can show you. But we also come with our, our our heart and our sleeve and our cap in our hand. You know what I mean? Like cap to our chest. You know, just just down to earth, humble soldiers. You know, like and 
the, the respect that we got from the, across the board from people, from roadmen, like I'm talking ex-cons, like, you know what I mean? Roadmen to, to people who are running companies, like, you know, people who are running companies like Spying TV. Do you remember Spying TV? Yeah, my Crooked Tongues. You know what I mean? And then all, all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, man, mm-hmm. dark and cold. You know what I mean? Like, we we, we were deal, deal real regulars, yeah. man. Come yeah. on. It's from the inception. You know, like, we, we had everybody rooting for us. Not because it was a gimmick or is it intimidation, because I just think we were just real and everyone wanted to see us win. And we did, we came with the yeah. business, man. You know, so. Yeah. Ron Seal, it? Does what it says on the team. <laughs> you know? Love it. Before I hand over to Sumida, I, I just want to put this on record why Terra Firma impacted me so much because mm. UK hip hop was a weird thing for me just because I didn't feel like I fit in. I was a bit weird, a bit awkward. But the way you guys brought the British mm. culture mm. and the West Indian culture and brought yes. my, my two worlds together, like I saw myself and I, I heard my grandparents and, you know, like Saturday at the house playing dominoes, Maccasons, you brought that culture to hip hop and that's why it made me think, okay, well, look, I can be both. You know, I ain't got to pick and choose. This is this is mm. us. So I really appreciate Terra Firma for doing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice one, to man. Say that. Nice one. Uh, Summit's looking, looking at me all crazy. Like, he ain't got a clue, he ain't got a clue what Mackerson style well, I'm is. Just looking, I'm just looking at you and going, here's another Here's another example of your hateration <laughs> gene that you continue to have. Do you know what I mean? Just, just don't hate the, just hate the game. Don't hate the players. You know what I'm saying? Hate the game. Um, but you're so we will talk more about your pen level and elite pen level that you have. But you also transitioned to into production. Talk to us about and and you talked about earlier about learning different parts of you know, le- learning different skills. At what point did you decide to go into production, and what was the tipping point to go? Now I need to go into this one. Is it was it more to challenge yourself? Um, I'd say I say the production thing has always been with me. It was kind of like second fiddle to the rhyming, because I actually started producing at about 19. So you look, you're looking, when, when, I, when I professionally turned to MC, about 17, 18. After that, I, start, I actually started making beats on Cubase, all the kind of things. So I was doing that. Um, also, during my career, um, my stint as a Terra Firma member, I was and I was around all all the people like your, your Harry Loves, your Lewis Parkers, your, your El Dolos, going going all the way up to the new school like your Louis Whites, your Smashers, your Jammers, you know like loads of different people. So I was I was in the studio with people just absorbing different techniques unknowingly. It was just all going in, like you know how to lace drums. I was around the MPC, every, any MPC, uh, any Akai. Um, any SP12, SP1200s, you know, we were around DJs, we were around people like MK, Shorty, um, DJ Scully, everybody, Scratch Perverts, you know what I mean? We're around, you know, DJ Swing, everybody, we're around all these people, you know? So uh, all the, the, the technical aspect was was seeping into me and I would watch them do things, like I would watch people arrange the drum tracks, and stuff on the SP, filter the samples through through the S950 and the MPC 2000, 2000XL. And I would just look and it would just go like a post-it on a fridge with a magnet. And um, I, I, unknowingly, I actually started producing from them. So interesting story. Um, uh, with me, it was myself, Harry Love and Kalashnikov we probably stayed up till about 6.30 in the morning all putting ideas, basically just producing um, Paradise, Murder and Paradise, the single, contributing ideas and putting in, into it. It was it was crazy. I remember Harry came up with the sample. Me and wow. Kalash was like, oh, do you know what? Yeah, actually put this in there and put it in there, put the, ah, yeah, and the, you know what I mean? The singing and then we spoke about it, and then, and then that's when Harry came up with the Stepping Razor sample with the the Peter Tosh, and then it it's, it was almost like the opposite of too many chefs in the kitchen. It was just the right amount, what I call free bears porridge. It was just the right amount. We all had to had the the input, and then Harry was like, "Do you know what? When we heard when we heard the mixed and mastered version, 
we had we basically had a mini street party in Shoreditch. My DJ at the time, DJ Karamak, shout out to Karamak, was DJing for us. We just finished the show in one of the clubs. I can't remember which show it was. Um, it was a club on the corner, right on the corner, just as you go towards the bridge. Um, and then you take a left and you're on Dalston Road. I can't remember the, the club's name, but we had a club and there was a gang of men, Terra Firma men, about 15 of us. We opened the car doors and played Murder and Paradise. And they played my bit when, when it comes in. And they come from Murder. And then they played the whole song. We were we we just had basically had a street party, just jumping around. Everyone, people were bibbing, going past. What is this? And we were like, we made it. We made it. We made this. We made this, you know, like we, from start to finish. And I think, just to come back to your point, sorry, because I've got a tendency to go off on tangents. Because mm. there's a, obviously the age-old argument about a, a beat maker and a producer. I think I learned what a producer is very, very early on. You know, for, for me, a producer is someone who is active at every stage it's, it's basically mirroring what Young Guru says from the beginning stage of the record to the end finished product. I mean, I mean, bar the mastering, we were basically involved in the, the mixing and the tweaking and the input, even even to, to down to certain drum sounds, you know, and we were in the studio with the beat makers and bouncing off each other's ideas. Now that's my idea of a producer. A producer is the ear. Someone will say, do you know what? Put this in there. It's, it's about the input to then get the output with the whole finished product, you know? And I think I learned that early. And um, I think what, <laughs> do, you, do you want to know what made me actually um, become a beat maker? Also, shout out to Joe Ross, Snowy Bear. Shout out to my younger twin bro, TE1 for putting me on to production all, all the time uh, all, all the time the, the, yeah Every the, day. those two guys actually put the beat making programs on my first stolen laptop um to to actually make beats logic and reason from there i just went wow. and the sole <laughs> the sole reason at the top is why i chose to make beats is because chris you're a rapper you know how long it takes for rappers to do stuff over people's beats. I'm guilty of that. Like I'm eight months behind, but go ahead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd literally be waiting years for producers um, to, to give me their beats. I've had projects scrapped because producers, um, we've fallen out with them or whatever, you know what I mean? Or they've taken exception to something and they've just, they've taken their ball and, and left the playground and stuff. So I said, you know what? I can do this. I can do this. I can make beats. I know how to flip a sample. I know how to filter hi-hats and beats and bass. Why can't I do it? After that, I've produced every single project that I've done since about, you're looking about 2013. Just because I wanted to. Let that be, let, let that be a lesson to everyone out there. Shit. Just go and yeah, do it. It is really as simple as that. It really is. Literally as simple as that. I, I did wow. it. Just because I wanted to. I'm playing with the idea of producing myself, but I just know what my my personality is like, and I'll just become addicted. And I've got a wife at home. Like, she just won't see <laughs> me. Know, you know, I, I do know how it goes. <laughs> very, very well. <laughs> yeah, you know how it goes. But you remember, you remember when we was in the studio and I came yes. with that bag of samples? And I remember you looking at me like, what, you, these are your samples? And I was like, yeah. And yeah. you're like, you, yeah. you're, you're a producer. Finger, and I'm like, like yes. all, right, all right, all right, cool, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Yes, yeah, yes, man. yes, 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 yes. So producer Kaiser, how do you make that transition into one, getting people to take you seriously as a producer because mm. they know you as the killer MC and you know your whole process in terms of getting your name out there, selling beats, what um, was that like? Harder than I thought it would be, to be honest. Um, you know, I, I see it as a bit of a, maybe a bit controversial me saying it's a bit of a guru situation. Now, obviously we know guru for his raps and his rhymes, but obviously Jazzmatazz, the whole Jazzmatazz series, and that is classics. But if I were to choose, I'd choose a primo beat than a guru beat, to be to be honest. That's just me. But to, to, yeah, well, there you, there you go. Yeah, I'm the same. So with with that in mind, bearing in mind, you know, you have to be like, again, take... Dilla, Havoc, Pete Rock, you have to be fire, a certain caliber 
yeah, caliber to, for, for people to take you seriously as an MC and as a producer as well, a beat maker and producer. So I applied the same formula to to the beat making. I'd them ten thousand hours. What would what would Harry do? What would Dilla do? What would Pete Rock do? What would Dre do? What would K Trinada do? New school producers. What would Mr. Carmack do? Even still now to this day, you know, like that's what I applied it to, and I've said, and I've said, you know what? It's the exact same same philosophy. Y- you can't give people lust nothing less than neck break, head nod, cling on face when you're making beats, um, you know. And I started off obviously not good. Um, and then just keep, just keep honing my craft and playing it to people such as yourself. T1, you play it to your senseis, you get your senseis approval and they either give you the us, the nod, or they give you the note back in the lab. And it's, and it just goes from there, you know? And I just think, you know, you, you kind of know when you've leveled up, you just know when you've gone, it's gone ping, level up. You just know. Because when you play your beat to one of your people, then and they're like, "Oh, that's banging! Is that free?" Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or, okay. or one of your senseis, one of your senseis. This actually happened. Goes, oh, oh, and then takes the same sample and then tries to flip it and then comes back to you and says, "You know what? I I can't beat your version." Yes. <laughs> So, yes, on all steel days, sharp and steel, isn't it? the barbarian sword, bro. Like, and that's and again, that's the <laughs> that's when you know to yourself that you've made it. That's for me personally, you know. When 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 your T ones, your Harry loves, you know, your your people want to take your beats and like, yeah, I want that one. I want that one. You just know that's when you get it. You know. Speaking of unlocking, um, unlocking levels, how do you unlock different flows, and what's the process for you? Because the one thing I admire about you, and 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 I, I'm starting to understand why now I'm 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 talking to you, and I hear that you you know you you're a sponge for things, you you're a student, you watch things and you take things, and you love music, <clears throat> not just hip hop, but you love music. So I can see, but for me as someone who's a failed Homo sapien. How do you choose to unlock different flows for different songs? What's the process that goes through your mind that goes, I'm going to attack it this way? Because you have, man, you have so many different... <laughs> a myriad, like, a myriad it's of flows. It's, and, and like sometimes you'll levitate like Talib Kweli and then the next time you do it in a different... Like I, just, I don't... I, I, I'm trying to fathom how you do it. And I am not on that God level. So I needed to ask the God himself. Thank you, thank you. Um, how, what's the process for that? It's... I'll try, I'll try and simplify it and I'll try and make it tangible as well, man. It's, I don't, I don't want to make it too airy fairy or whatnot. I mean, it's just, again, just going back to the ethos, them 10,000 hours, man, them 10,000 hours, they count. They really do count. It's, 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 it's a, it's a Daniel in the Miyagi dojo, um, you know, montage, <laughs> you know, and, and also it's, I have this thing, Chris has, I've spoken to Chris about this before as well, where, you know, uh, it, as soon as you hear a track or something you're going to write for and it speaks to you, the music speaks to you. Me personally, I go into a mode that's called blackout mode, where it, it's almost like the deepest level of meditation you can get. And, and all of Terra Firma, we used to practice this. It's, we just hear something and everything would just go click and it's like literally everything would go black and you just you would just get lost in the music and the words uh, that's it's literally you just you just get immersed in the feeling the 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 direction the direction doesn't it becomes no direction it's just anywhere anywhere and everywhere but case in point um i've got another example i've got so many um I did um, some work for Young Gun, Essa. Shout out to Young Gun Essa the other day. He gave me a beat. Um, and it was it was a, an old Tom Jones sample. And it was just, uh, you know, some trumpets and stuff. And I heard he, he gave me his verse. And obviously Essa, again, GLPG all day. God level pen game all day. 
And I said, wow, yeah, man, like, this is crazy. And, and what I did, I just literally just closed my eyes, just went to work. Before I knew it, I had three verses. I wrote three different verses for him and I went to his house and I laid the three verses and he said, he said, bro, you're going to have to give me a breakdown of what you just wrote. He said, you have to give me a breakdown. I said, okay. But it's just, again, I, I said the same thing to him. I said, I took what you did as inspiration and listened to it. And then again, I just went into that blackout mode, bro. Like, it, it's it's not a case where I think, yeah, I'm going to write like this and write like that. Because I think that's too, even that, I think it's too rigid. It's too rigid. Like, and, and again, as you, as you know, as you lot have noted, my flow, I hope everyone thinks that my flow is like water. It's like air. There's no, there's no constraints. There's no constructs to it. It's it's anywhere and everywhere, yo. Mm. Like Chris, even when we, I, I listen back to when mm. Sky High, the Sky High bar, and I'm just. <laughs> I got a story about that. I'm going to share. You know, it again, I just heard it. Heard it I heard everything, and, I and got that's, a story. again, that's my beat. And I said, yo, blackout mode. What was it? I know. I yeah, was there. That's another you thing that I used spot. to do. Yeah, yeah, and I still yeah, do. Mad. I, I'll, someone will play me something in the studio. I won't write anything. I'll go to the, the studio and write it there and then. Test myself like I'm in a fight. Yeah, like like just I see it again as myself versus a million ninjas, and I just close my eyes and just focus my energy, and then voila, it's there. Mm. So I can um <laughs> I can attest to the god level pen game, right? So I got two stories. So Kaiser sends me a beat and he's like, this is the intro for your album, right? So producer head, he's like, this is your intro. I hear it. I'm like, yeah, this is the intro. So me being the fool I am, I reach out to Sky Zoo, innit? And I say, you know, mutual friends, I want to do a song with you. Song gets done, right? Send the verse to Kaiser. Guess what Kaiser decides to do? (laughs) I want to jump on this song as well, right? So not only do I have the headache of dealing with Sky Zoo, I've now got to deal with Kaiser, right? So I did something similar to him, but I didn't know what it was at the time. I went into blackout mode. Like I lit candles. I was bow-legged, <laughs> levitating in my living room. Cause I said to myself, I said, listen, I don't have to be the best on the track. You know, I just can't get right. washed. Right. You know what I mean? Like I can't pay for a verse and then get washed. Do you know what I mean? So I think I, I held my own and I went in the booth and I did it. And T1 came into the booth and he said, Every time you come to my studio, I want you to rap mm. like that. Because mm. mm. that let me know. Because T1 don't really give compliments like that. And he let me know. And Kaiser wrote his verse on the spot. And i tell you why. Because him and Roxy, Roxy was in the studio and they were talking about mm. fishes, Some nature, wildlife thing. And he put it in the verse. <laughs> Kaiser, you're different. You're different. You're di- you're, like- a long list of hits is about as long as an oarfish. And I, I said to myself, hold on, but we just spoke about that. So that's how I knew we were on the spot. Another story, he gave me a double time beat, right? So I wrote my song. I felt good. Sent it to him. Sent the demo. Got the message back. <laughs> so, right? It's cool. I mean, it's all right. It's all right. I can't have the flow sensei, the flow father, telling me it's all right. So I took like two months off. And I came back. I sent him another demo and I still haven't recorded it, but it's done. And he replied, God level yeah. pen game. Yes. Facts. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. When he said it's cool, mm. I said, nah, 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 nah. Can't have that. Mm. Can't have that. Nah, it's not allowed. But no, I appreciate you, yeah, you yeah, pushing yeah. my pen. Yeah, like that. man. It's really appreciate it's, it. You know, it's, it's one of them things I want. I actually want people to get, better than me and I, I remember I, I remember I told you this and I told I've told a lot of people like we're friends but as soon as we jump on a track together it my main aim I don't know what what it is is fight or flight I get this urge to just annihilate everything I just I just have to it's not it's not I'm trying to I'm throwing shade or like it's just again the blackout mode there is no mm. there is no room for anything apart from myself <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. This ain't no yeah, this, coffee table rap. It's, it's heads off, mate. Legacy, right? Yeah. This is all also about what you're leaving. Like you're leaving it all on the field. Like any sports athlete, sports man or woman is, you're leaving it on the field. So in some ways, I understand that because you're trying to go. This is going to live on longer than we will, right? So let's do the best we can each time. Um, yeah, man. I, I, Chris, man, what are, you, what are you doing? Trying to compete with guys on on, on flow, bro? Don't don't do that, bro. No, listen, bro. 
I, I will share another story. I was in college, 2004. I wrote on a list of paper, the people who I want to work with. Chemo was on that list. I got to work with Chemo. Kaiser was on that list as well. So I'll be honest with you, man. Imposter, imposter syndrome kicked in because I'm like, yo, I'm in the studio with Kaiser. I got a song with Sky Zoo. I'm like, this is headache, bro. This is stress. This is stress. But the, when, I li- when I look back and I listen to the songs... This album we're working on is, is my best project. My Some of my best verses are on mm. this project. So to me, that's a win. And I, and you know, Kaiser actually told me this. He was like, don't be like me. Don't mm. be like anyone else. Be the best version of you. And my best verses are on this project. So that's a win to me. And I'm really proud of it. Even though bro, it's not uh, out, bro, I was, I'm proud I, of it. I'll be real. Uh, I reckon you washed me on recess straight up. No, no, no. I'm be, I'm be, I, I haven't no, got don't do that. Don't, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And, and I, and I no, did do try. That. <laughs> let, me, let me let me go let me go get Roxy. Let me go get Roxy. Let, 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 yeah, joking, no, no, no. You, t- you took it, bro. You took it. Well played. I give props. You, you know, like Thank even you. even back to my my second grand unveiling with the trilogy remix with with Jest and Chester P. Like again, I was just like, yo, like again. I think that was the first instance of the blackout mode because I remember people were like, who's that? Who's that? That's that's people say. Who's that? Who's this, who's this guy? Who's that? With with Chester P. Like people told me they were like, yo, like I, I rewound your verse. Like I love Chester's verse and just, but like I love your verse. And I was just like, ah, oh. <laughs> what did I do? Kung Fu. When we used to go to Kung Fu, deal real right. with with them them man. Like again, senseis of the pen. Chester P. Sensei freestyler. Sensei get god level pen game. Just as well. And I remember when I came on and did my verse and the crowd just went mad. I was just like, oh, wow. Because it's always been, it's always been, my Chris knows this, my Superman complex, my alter ego. Like, yeah, you know, it's almost like I snap in and out of being Kaiser and and just me, Adam. It's crazy. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, bro, about legacy. And I think unwittingly, I put, my voice on there to leave a lasting impression and a legacy on the track, you know. So, is that what ins- is is that what inspires you now? Still, that whole idea of legacy, or is it other things that challenge you? What still inspires you? Do you now? know? <laughs> I see myself. I'm. I, I'll be. I'll be real. Like this is me being myself. I'm not. I'm not fishing for compliments. I'm. A, I'm past my prime. I'm past my prime. That's just me being humble. No, Stop no, it, no, I keep it 100. I'm, I'm, uh, bro, I no, don't no, no, think no, no. I could compete with, with Kaiser 10 years ago, five, 10 years ago, you know, like to be honest, because, because, I, and I'll tell you why, because, because of the passion and because of my level of being content where I've, of my status as an MC and as an artist. So I've, I have the recognition and the props and the, uh, the, 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 the fire verses to back, back up what I can do in it. So I said, you know what, I'm nice. I don't have anything left to prove, basically. So so that's why I'm still on my other journey, i.e. production. I still got a gang load of stuff to prove with that to myself and to others. So I'm getting, I'm getting in my, my 4,300 hours at the moment. When I've reached that level, then yeah. So, you know what I mean? I, I, I only rhyme nowadays, as you know, I'm like a Pokemon. A legendary Pokemon. I only come out to stick my head head out just because I like it, man. That's it. Because I can do it and because I like it. I love yeah. the art. I love mm. rhyming. Love putting words together. Love flowing. You know. Yeah. It's 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 the mistress that won't that won't be left alone. <laughs> Traditional MC talk. Even when you're just talking, you're just metaphors and similes and double entendres <laughs> triple entendres it's all crazy but before before yeah. we wrap up though this is going to be my last question we've touched on the production give us a quick breakdown about the out the box series inspirations behind it and what we can okay. expect from you next as a producer um last last year um just just before coronavirus hit sorry in in the first um instances of when coronavirus hit um i got sick I got very sick and I had to go into hospital um, for a couple of weeks. Um, I was just working on some beats and stuff at that time because before that, I'd put out 
an EP called French Doors um, under my, my pseudonym, my production pseudonym, Axe Kick. Um, all mixed mixed and mastered and produced by myself also. Um, so I said, okay, cool, let's, let's keep it moving. So I got sick, came out of hospital, and I just had about four beats there, um, just, just lying around, four or five beats. And again, it, it just hit me. I said, you know what, man? This is because this is the second time I got sick. I was like, you know what? Can't wait around for nothing, innit? So every single day I made a beat. I made two beats. I made three beats. I was making, uh, my point, uh, my pinnacle, I was making about five beats a day. I was making five beats a day. So I said, you know what? You got to do something with them. So I said, let me, let me just do something that's just straight, raw, a bit like Dilla Rough Draft. Inspired by us, I said, but just not me rapping, but just instrumentals of my range, of my taste. So, out of the box came to be. So I did out of the box, and I said, "Yo, I got one or two beats that are still left over." Started making a gang more out of the box too. So those two beat tapes came out in the space of what three months of each other. Yeah, I did. I did two beat tapes from start to finish, all mixed, mixed, mastered, everything by myself in in two months again just because I want just because I wanted to um, I'm currently in the midst of doing Out the Box Volume 3 which is going to be the third and, f- and final one um, uh, Chris I think your favourite is number two so I I am cooking up flames and acid and brimstone to destroy number two <laughs> I appreciate that star, star fruit star fruit bro me, yeah Bro, I I, I Hoover to that beat, bro. <laughs> yeah, bruv, come on, man, come on, man. This is this is grown hip hop life, man. True. We, we True. ain't outside like we used to be. <laughs> so to your beats. I've got anyway, I've got go the out the box series, just three beat tapes of me, just trying and doing a thing, showing showcasing my range. Um, I've got some more projects that are coming up. I've from personal projects, I've got at least four EPs four beat tape EPs that which may have rapping on them. May do. I've also got a fully produced EP that needs to be mixed and mastered for a singer called Faye Simon. Um which she is she's a beautiful she's soul personality and I feel honored to have made this this music for her. So that'll be that will be mixed and mastered soon and coming out also. My my job as a produ- as a producer is not just to satisfy my own palette is to give it to other people so they can carry out their artistry on it as well and what I've made. So I'll be I'll be flinging out some EPs. Um, you know, uh, I got nowhere as you know because you did the cover for that nowhere EP. Um, I got anywhere EP as well, and I got some other ones as well. Um, and I think after those, that might just be me, you know. <laughs> That might just be me. <laughs> can I can I interject? Please, please. It's not it's not my place to say. I say this with the utmost respect. Going back to what you were saying about rapping, and you feel like you've passed your prime. I don't know if that's necessarily true, and I think you're doing it yourself. Okay. I think class class is permanent. Form is temporary, and I think that. In the same way, Snoop sounded so incredible on the Compton mm. album. Sometimes you might need to get with the people that can raise that same energy in the same way. American Gangster brought out Jay-Z in a different light after Kingdom Come. Sometimes you just need a little jolt. And that could be that same energy that you had back in Terra Firma with NWC. That Something that can help you bring it out because it's still mm. there. It doesn't leave you because it's yeah, you, yeah, yeah. right? It hasn't left you since you were... But you said seventeen, eighteen, so it could be, and I could be, I could be completely wrong. I think it could be that you need to maybe. It might be a collective group of us that need to form like Voltron in order to get the best to go. This is where you go, right? So if you think about, you go to your sensei about productions and that. And I'm sure you have senseis on. Well, not many people can tell you how to rap, right? Because you, you are, you are the, you know, you are the god MC in that sense, but. I think it might be down to that. And I think once you've found that energy to unlock, because you've still got that blackout moment. I, I, 
really stupidly. It's there's a show called Chuck. This guy gets um, I've watched Chuck for some reason. It's one of these guilty pleasures I have, right? But a, in in the show, he becomes a CRA operative where they program him with all these different things that he could just turn it on mm. like that, and he can kick the shit out of ten thousand people or you know fix a, a car in a matter of seconds, and it's yeah, a blackout yeah. mode. So I liken it to that. That doesn't leave you. I think it's just about surrounding yourself with the people that can get the best out of you in that moment because because you have so much longevity because you've achieved so much because you've had you've left such an imprint there's like it's, it's messy ronaldo levels where do you go for them it's like i right, i just, I've, they've got personal goals yeah. but there's still there's still something in messi there's still something mm. ronaldo they've got to go to the right team they've got to have the right team around them to bring out the best mm. them, right so if you're a football fan ronaldo scored already 20 goals already this season but he's having a failure of the season no team around it that need to pull it up so i just wanted to say that respectfully because i can't tell you how you feel but i feel i feel as a fan i feel like there's so i think there's a gear or two left in you bro fair, fair dues man respect for you know for for putting that across i i i agree to be honest you know I, it might be a case where i'm not realizing that i still have more work to do you know not it, it also ultimately to to provide artistry and pleasure to my listeners and my fans, but also to just to prove to myself that I can still do it and I've still got a lot more to give, you know, as, as an MC, as an artist. So, yeah, I'll definitely take that on board and, and you know, can consider what path I can travel, you know, in terms of, Cause, of you know, Genuinely, because there's a bit of passion when you, when, not that you lose passion, but when you've been doing something for so mm. long, it's just I, I always look at it in, in sports terms. It's just how I am. After a while, you've hit so many heights. You need a new mm. challenge, and so what 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 we need to provide is an environment to make you feel like it's a new mm. challenge. Then you'll rise above it because everything you've said throughout this whole interview is about a challenge that you've met, and that hey, this person and it was in this environment, and I I I, I drew from all these inspirations. It's a mm. challenge, and we got to provide the the challenge that unlocks that. That yeah. chamber. Yeah, uh, do you know what? I, I, I 100% agree, man. And it's it's interesting you saying about un- unlocking the challenge. My my most recent and probably most poignant challenge that I've unlocked is being a father. You know, I talk I talk a lot about that in my music. Wow. What I would wow. aspire to to be to 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 pass down knowledge and behavioural patterns and certain things to my progeny. And I'm doing that. It's, it's crazy. I don't have to talk about it anymore. I'm doing it. I'm a dad. I'm a father. You know, like, so I, again, I could see it as raw. I've made it. Or I could see it just like you're saying, nah, bro, you still you still may have a little bit more work to do. Fatherhood don't just stop when the, the child's born. And yeah, I'm a dad. It's, a, it's, a, it's an evolution. So uh, again, I apply the same ethos and ideology as being a father to my music. Yeah, 100% agree, man. Yeah. And look at it this way. Kendra Lamar hasn't put an album out because he's, he's, he's mm. making music, but he's also yeah, being yeah, a yeah. father. You know what I'm saying? He's putting that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. People, he's got people kids. Forget that. Yeah, people forget that he's had a child in the last mm. two, three years. Yeah. Yeah, so. I didn't know. You've you got, you got to live that because through that experience, there is a new passion and drive that comes out of it. And maybe it's that that un- helps to unlock it. But right now, you've got to live mm. your life, be a father. Continue music, it's going to be within you. It's in your mm. veins. But, man, you have you really have got a couple of levels. You have. It, is, it doesn't go, bro. It doesn't go because... I've witnessed go. them, bro. It, it, I've it's, witnessed it's them. No different to, it's no different to Snoop, Jay, Kendrick, all the great... It's mm. no different. And I, I, I purposefully say mm-hmm. those names. It's no mm. different. It really isn't. You, the, the, it's important that we have that leadership, that... that experience missing mm. yeah we need that yeah bro i i, I mean look, we haven't got anything else left to ask you but just want to say like we're we're big on public praise and want to tell you you are one of the elite mcs in this country you're one of the greatest you should <laughs> have a statue in Thanks, Brooke, sorry, bro. I can't. <laughs> right by dub vendor yeah you need your own statue and um when i started working with you mm. I know we had mutual friends and we were collaborators at the time, but you've grown to become a friend 
and family to both me and Roxy. So um, thank you for your music. But mostly, most of all, thank you for for being you. And it's an absolute pleasure like, to have likewise, you. Likewise, man, I can honestly podcast. say that, you know, I, 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 bro, like, like when I use that word brother, I don't use that lightly. I can honestly call you a, a brother and a friend, you know, inside and outside of music. Like, so again, likewise, man, ditto. Thank you. I'm honoured. Super humbled, you know, by by yourself Appreciate and Summit you. as well. Thank you for having me. Super humbled, man. On all days. Appreciate it, bro. No doubt. Kaiser Smirnoff, God level pen game. Make sure your <laughs> bars are high before you send them a demo. Thank you, bro. Thanks yeah, for your time, no bro. No doubt, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Big thanks to Kaiser once again. Man, like, I listen, thinking about that episode, thinking back and listening to it. I hear, I hear a lot about the challenge. The thing that's sticking into my mind is the challenge. We'll talk about the God flow in a second because that still amazes me. But the challenge and, and thinking about someone in his position and what he's achieved, it's very difficult to find yourself to, you know, different challenges. It's very difficult because who's there at that level still doing it? You know, it's hard. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of people aren't doing it in that way or they've put their, they, they've hung up their boots as it were. Um, yeah, but he's still active. For me, still- it's like Bret Hart, bro. It's like you know, there was a time in the nineties. Bret Hart got to the point where he he'd won every title, um, every type of match. He'd won it. He needed to find his Steve Austin. He needed someone who could re- rejuvenate and re- reinvigorate his his career, and someone who he could pass on his knowledge and expertise to and make a star. So, if Kaiser is Bret Hart, he just needs to find his Steve Austin right now. Yeah, yeah, I I agree and. Man, you know, listen to to Kaiser's music and you'll see the the variety and diversity of his flow. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Um I just don't know how he does it. I, I mean, I'm still I'm still amazed at how he described it as a kind of blackout moment, you know. Bro, I was in the studio with him. I saw it. <laughs> I saw it, bro. Bro, I, people don't understand having to write a song knowing that Skyzu and Kaiser is on the song and I'm in the middle. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the middle, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Different. It's, it's different. He's different class. He's different class. I'm thankful for the. I'm thankful for the experience, though. It was one of the best experiences of my life, and to to get props from Kaiser T1, and they said, "Look, man, yeah, rap like that." Because I basically emulated him on the song. Like I tried different flows, left breaths, pauses, um, intonation. You know, my voice, I changed it in certain places. Like it's, um, bro, I went from quoting Bible scriptures to referencing Migos in one verse. Wow. So I went to all these different chambers and, you know, it's, it's, it's um, he he was the inspiration for that. So it's like, it's like ghost hear song when, when he was talking about, it was like when he was talking about just going everywhere or like not free writing, but he was just letting his mind go where it's like a bit like ghost, Ghostface will take you different places. Um, that comes from rich life experience. Yes. No, it does. It does. It does. You and can't force that. No, you can't force that. And if you try it, it will, it, you, you'll be, you'll, the listener will hear it. It won't, fa- it won't seem as sincere. You'll hear it. It won't feel the same, but um, no, I, I listen, his, his history and what he was able to do and hearing how he came into the game, how he had to almost uh, quote unquote cut his teeth, man, that's, that's, it's hard, man, but it prepares you for so much going forward. So now his process is more refined. He had to go through that. Well, we talked about that. He talked about the 10,000 hours, but that's a, a process that he would do pretty much every day to sharpen his craft. And you bear the fruit of that when you, uh, and as you get older, because the process just clicks in. It's just, it's like muscle memory. That's why, that's why I was saying that I think that for him, He's got still a couple of gears. It's muscle. It'll be muscle memory for him. He just needs to maybe get on the bike, maybe ride with some people, and and feel like it's a challenge. It's it's the idea of making it feel like a challenge to him that will mm-hmm. will make him that will break him out of that. But I'm excited yeah. for him, man. It's, it's, it's good yeah, me to- too. And and my advice to everyone out there: if you think you're an MC, jump on the track with him. Yeah. I, well, you'll a lot of people out. are scared to, if you know. Be yeah, you'll to. find out. You'll find out. They, they'll they'll be they'll be scared to. But it's good to to hear he's still um, got projects coming out, a wealth of them, um, and he's and he's challenging himself on the production side. So it's really exciting. And like I said, to him, leadership, man. You know, we need that in 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 this part because um, yeah, I don't think many people want to jump on the track with him. They'll be too scared. No, I wouldn't advise it. 
I wouldn't advise it. It's it's stress. <laughs> it's a beautiful experience, but it's stress. It is indeed. But no, thank you once again. Um, I'm glad we had Kai's on the podcast, man. It's a legend, man. We we um, we salute him and, and we thank him for his time. Um, I'm not going to give up the socials because this is my new thing to say. <laughs> now, you know what? Yeah, you have to give it out once in a while. If you don't want to do it today, that's fine. Because as you always say, what do you say? I say, you know, you can... You, if you need to find us, find us, innit? Google, And what else do you say? Do your Googles. What else do you say? Fuck the socials. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. Sorry, sorry, Nat. Sorry, Nat. Sorry, Nat. You, you teed me up and that. I got de- delayed and that. Delayed and that. Um, but no, appreciate you guys, listeners across the world. Keep tapped in. We've got more interviews on the way. We appreciate each and every one of you. Next week, we'll be back with another episode. But until then, peace. Peace. Peace.